worship, all right? Sing. Who brings the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Sing it out. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless? And I wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my
Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. Come on, y'all. Hey, I know it's Father's Day, but you got to talk. You got to talk. Amen. Hey, good to see you all here today. I'm uh, excited to be here. It's all, it's good just to be in the house. Amen. It is so good. And we're, uh, we're thankful today for all of you. We're thankfully, uh, thankful especially for our fathers today. It's Father's Day. Thank y'all for being here. Hope you have a blessed day. You get some good, good gifts <laughs> and are uh, just, just honored as you are due to be this afternoon when you get back home. But thank you for being here today. We're going to worship and have a good time this morning. We have a special, uh, special little treat. Our wonderful little preschoolers are going to sing for you, so watch them this morning.
kids. Thank you. Amen. They've been practicing on Zoom every week, and uh, thankful for all the ones who have been putting that together, Lauren and all the rest of the ones uh, making it possible for them to meet. That was just really good. Thank y'all. Y'all keep your eyes open, because if you blink, when you blink, they'll be up here on stage or in the choir. That's how quick they grow up. Amen. Let's stand together, sing this song this morning, Good, Good Father.
Him with me this morning, all right? We've heard the joyful sound. Sing it out. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the mountains across the lakes. All will give our Lord's command. Jesus says, Jesus sings. All right, I know y'all know the words. You may not know the tune, but I need you to sing it, okay? Let's all sing out loud. Say, give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus says, Jesus sings. song of victory, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. I was buried beneath thy shame, who could carry that kind? my turn till I met you I was breathing but not alive all my failures I tried to hide it was my turn Till I met you When you call my name
prayer. God, we love you and thank you for this day. God, it is a glorious day. It's a glorious day just to be in your house, Father. But it's a more glorious day because of what you did for us, God. We love you. We thank you for making a way for us to spend eternity with you in heaven. What a good, good Father you are today, God. We love you. We thank you. Look forward to all you're going to do in this place today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for that good worship. What a joy to see you in the house of the Lord today. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads. One of the greatest titles that I get to wear ever is to be called a dad. My son and his bride came in and he messed with me as he always does. And Dole Connolly said, that's a big old boy. He said, I bet you can't wrestle him anymore. I said, bro, that was a long time ago when I stopped wrestling that boy. And when Pastor Mike said, you better guard every second because it travels by too quickly, my daughter made me a Father's Day video and sent it to me this morning of pictures of them growing up and, of course, with their spouses now. And the first time I ever preached on a Father's Day, he was just an infant. We hadn't lived in Warner Robins long. I was a student pastor, asked me to preach on Father's Day. And I picked him up in my arms and I carried him up on the platform as a sermon illustration. If I did that today, I would get a hernia and you would have to call 911, especially after all the food he ate at the Brazilian Steakhouse last night. It was mighty, mighty good. But what a joy to be with you today. Take your copy of God's Word and turn, if you will, to Philippians chapter number 4, Philippians 4. If you're a guest here today for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here. My wife and I'd love to meet you right back here in that corner and give you a little gift when we're done today, okay? Philippians chapter 4, we're in the home stretch of our series that we're calling Choose Joy. How you can choose joy in all the circumstances of life. We've got today and then the final sermon will be next week. Are you going to be on, is it next week y'all are going to be on vacation? Your well-deserved and well-earned vacation. And so we pray for the well-born extended family as they go down to the beach. I'll fight covetousness all week because you're there and I'm not. But one day my time will come. And a dear friend of mine, Pastor Mike surprised me, has invited James 
Dollar. Some of you know James Dollar was at Concord for many years. James will be coming to lead worship for us next week as they enjoy their vacation. There was a dude by the name of Roy Blankenship who was preparing breakfast one morning, and he was looking out his, the window of his home there in Andover, Ohio, and there was a, a drainage ditch behind his house. And he saw a little girl that was being swept away in that drainage ditch. Well, he did what anybody would do, anybody should do. He put everything down, and he ran out there, and he tried to run down that drainage ditch so he could jump in at the head of the little girl and rescue her. And that's what he did. He jumped into that swirling water, and he managed to grab a hold of that little girl's arm, and the water was pulling her away. Because what he knew was, at some point, that was going to go under a road into a big old culvert, and that little girl might not make it. So he got the little girl just before they went under the road, and he managed to grab onto a limb as the waters tried to tear them away. And by the time the first responders got there, he'd already gotten the little girl out of the water, and they were safe there on the shore, and they were both treated for, for shock. Later on, the Coast Guard presented him on April the 12th, 1989, the Coast Guard's Silver Life-Saving Medal. Well, everybody would say that was well-deserved. It was more deserved than you know. You know why? Because that man had never learned how to swim in his life. It's kind of like what the Lord calls us to do today. We go out of these doors. It's, it, we're family in here. We're one, and those of you watching on the World Wide Web, we're, we're like-minded. But God calls us to go out and impact a culture that is swirling and wants to pull us under and drown us. In fact, a shark-infected culture. But God wants us to do that. I love that song, Oceans. He's taking us out deeper, uh, away from the shallow waters where all we can do is just cling to Him and trust in him and that's right where he wants us to be amen to trust and obey him in all the circumstances of life and whatever God calls you to do he will equip you to do what he calls you to do he'll equip you to do and he will gift you to do and you know one of the most often quoted verses of scripture we'll look at today Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 where the apostle Paul said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so if that's the case the title of our message today how to be confident and content in all the circumstances of life. No matter what you're facing, can you have contentment in that? Can we be confident when we face difficult situations like COVID and you see the cases are rising again? You know, not to be negative uh, Ned here, but we were walking in church and I told my wife, I said, it'll be our luck, they'll shut down the state of Florida before we get to go to the beach. Well, you know, we're just going to trust the Lord with that. But we're facing COVID. When you think it's over, the cases start rising again. So, so are we careful? We're not hugging. And we're air hugging and pretending like we're shaking hands in our heart. You've got rioting and looting going on. You've got hatred. It's really not racism, it's hatred. The Bible calls it hatred because there's only one race, the human race. You see all that stuff going in the world today. Anytime you turn on the news, it seems to be bad news. Hey, the Apostle Paul knew something about having contentment and confidence in all the circumstances of life. He faced hunger. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been snake bitten. He was now in a jail cell writing to encourage the Philippian church and by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you and I today, to encourage us that we can be confident and content in all the circumstances of life. And if a dude writing from a jail can say that, I can choose joy today. Amen. If you are physically able, would you please stand and let's give honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. Philippians chapter number four, and we'll begin there in verse eight. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He, he was a preacher. I think he's already said that more than one time, right? One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Lord Jesus, thank you that 
because you are alive, because you rose from the tomb, because of that glorious day when you adopted me into your family, thank you, God, that by your strength and by your power, not by mine, but by yours, I can be content and confident in all the circumstances of life. So speak to our hearts today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there are those here today, and certainly those who may be watching on the web today, that they don't have that peace because they've never been redeemed. They've never given their heart and their life to you and accepted that gift of salvation. I pray today, Lord Jesus, even today would be the day on this Father's Day that somebody grasp what it means to know you as their good, good Father because they've repented of their sins and given their life to you. Lord, for the rest of us who may be discouraged and tired and weary today, show us how we can be confident and content in all the circumstances of life. And we'll give you all the glory for whatever you choose to do today because it's all about you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can, you can be seated. There should be a copy of the, the outline there. And if you're watching online, I think we'll have that on the screen for you. Number one, write this down. God warns us to be careful. God warns us to be careful about what we allow into our minds. It's been said that our minds are like a computer. You put garbage in a computer, you're going to get garbage out. We put garbage in our brains, we're going to get garbage out. Look at verse 8. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true. That word fixed in the original language speaks of an intentional act. Intentionally fix your thoughts on what is true. Well, how do you know what's truth? Well, the Word of God, if it lines up with the Word of God, this is God's truth. It's absolute truth for all people, for all places, and for all times. Not only is the Word of God inerrant without mistake, but some of the struggle we're facing today, quite frankly, in our own Southern Baptist Convention, it's also sufficient. It's not only inerrant, but it's sufficient to speak to all the circumstances of life. I don't need to take Marxist ideology and try to merge that with the Bible as some in our convention are doing today. No, this is inerrant and it's sufficient. If you don't know what's true, you better get into this book right here every day. It's our standard of right and wrong. The second part of verse 8, he says, fix your thoughts on what is honorable. It's dignified. It's worthy of honor. When I, when I was looking up what that word means, I couldn't help but go back in my imagination to Arlington National Cemetery there in D.C., my favorite place to go in the swamp in Washington, D.C. there. Have you ever seen the changing of the guard? Have you been there? Raise your hand if you've been there. You've seen the changing of the guard. How powerful that is. 365 days a year those men do that. It's such a dignified thing. It speaks of honor and the tradition of the military who train so hard. And it's an honor for those men to do that. We should think on things that are honorable. We don't let dishonorable thoughts enter our brain. And then he says on what's right. Well, the Bible tells you what's right and what's not right, how to get right and how to stay right. That's Hebrews 4.12. The word is sometimes translated just. It speaks to the character of holy God. He is just and he is right. And then it says fix your thoughts on what is pure. Well, God is holy. God's holiness speaks of his purity. So we're not to think of thoughts that are, that are impure and, not, and evil and sullied and tainted by the desires of this world. Then he says, fix your thoughts on what is lovely. That's a lovely word right there, isn't it? Lovely. It comes from a Greek word where we get the word phileo, which means brotherly love or brotherly affection. Affectionate caring. Thoughts that lead to affectionate caring. Dearly prized thoughts to have and embrace. 
When you think thoughts like this, you can't help but have joy. When you think thoughts like this, you can't help but have contentment. Well, I just preached the message I was going to preach last week when Algernon was here. That was that whole message right there, so I condensed it down short for you. Well, he says what is admirable as well. I almost left off admirable. Fix your thoughts on what is admirable. The New King James says of good report. Translated from the original language, it means spoken of in a good manner. Highly thought of and well spoken. Listen, if we had some kind of supernatural instrument to wave across your forehead, like those thermometers are wanting to wave across our forehead, and put all of your thoughts up right there today, would they be admirable? I'm going to just tell you, if you knew every thought I had this week, I would be ashamed for you to see that. You look at me like you're surprised. I'm just a guy like you. I'm just a man like you. Or I'm just called to be a pastor. But we all face struggles and difficulties. And so I thank God for the restraint of the Holy Spirit that everything that doesn't come there doesn't come out there. Because when I let it go there and out there, that gets me in trouble sometimes. We should think thoughts that are admirable. And when those bad thoughts try to race through our mind, we capture those. We take those captive and we banish them out by the power of the Holy Spirit. So be on guard to reject stinking thinking is what that really is number two write this down god encourages us god encourages us to pattern our lives after godly examples god encourages us to pattern our lives after godly examples look at verse nine paul said keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you what a testimony I would want you to copy everything you see me do. But the Apostle Paul had met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and he was so transformed. He said, now listen, Jesus is our ultimate role model, right? You can't top what Jesus has done. But I thank God for role models on this earth, some of you that I can look at and model my life after you and let your faith challenge me and encourage me. People like the Apostle Paul, people like the late Dr. Billy Graham, People like Dr. Alveda King, one of my modern-day heroes. I love that woman. I got to hear her in person at Free Chapel. I want to meet her someday before I die, Dr. Alveda King. I think about Dr. Charles Stanley, who I've been blessed to hear and to meet. People right here in our own church, Ralph and Elizabeth Smith and, and Lewis and Judy. So many godly people that I can model my life after right here. God encourages us to pattern our lives after godly examples. Write this down, number three. God wants us to be focused on serving others you want to have confidence you want to have contentment be focused on serving other people put the needs of others ahead of your own look at philippians 4:10. paul writing to the church at philippi says how i praise the lord that you're concerned about me again i know you've always been concerned for me for me but you didn't have the chance to help me well, you will remember that Epaphroditus had come to the jail cell there. He was in jail for preaching the gospel. Epaphroditus came there to bring him a love offering. And church, let me brag on you for a minute. You blessed our brother Algernon last week. Listen, I prayed for something very specific, and God more than doubled what I prayed for. Our brother had not been able to preach. He'd had no income, no government assistance. He used up four months' worth of savings, and I challenged our church, and we were blessed to invest in Algernon to provide for his family and keep carrying the message. I told him when I talked to him this week, if I was a rich man, I would buy airtime on every television network across the globe and put that message that you heard last week if you didn't hear that message you need to go and hear it the minute i got home i started listening to it again it's the cure for all that we all the hatred and racism and all that we see in the world the message that that brother challenged us with that's the answer right there well paul was a prisoner and epaphroditus came to encourage him and to bring him a love gift 
You see, their prisons were not like our prisons today. There was no air conditioning. There was no cable TV. There was no athletic facilities and weight training and all that stuff. Paul was so thankful. He was reminded by Epaphroditus of the love that the Philippian church had for him. I mean, can you imagine? He's in jail. And in, in Philippians 4.10, the New King James says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly now that at last your care for me has flourished again. The, the New King James says, it flourished again. That Greek verb is, uh, alludes to the fact of flowers blooming again in springtime. I can't imagine how discouraged he was. I can't imagine how discouraged he was in jail for doing what God called him to do, away from his family, away from his friends, unable to preach the gospel. You know, for a season, I worked for Nabisco and a transport company. We, we picked up deceased people and took them to the funeral home or the crime lab. And the way I survived that is God let me preach every Sunday. There was almost every single Sunday. I know as a, as a preacher of the gospel, nothing brings me greater joy than preaching the word of God and serving him. Paul hadn't got to do that. They brought him joy again. Epaphroditus showed up with that gift, and it was more than just money. It was a reminder of their love and a reminder of them investing in his ministry. How do you know when to do that? We met with a, a young student last week, a former student of mine. He and his wife were going on the, the mission field to the 1040 window to reach an unreached people group in a very dangerous place. And, of course, they're, they're raising support. It's through a, another missions agency, not the International Mission Board. And, man, I just want to help everybody. I mean, I've got friends in Brazil. That Brazilian restaurant last night made me homesick to go back to Brazil. They're suffering down there. So many worthy. How do you know what to support? How do you know how much to give to Algernon, send to Brazil, support these people? It's prayer. When you pray, you get in the Word of God and you say, Lord, show me how I can bless other people. Lord, show me how I can invest in other ministries. Maybe you say, well, I don't know what to do. Are you praying? Are you in the Word? God will show you how you can be the human instrument that God uses to let somebody's faith blossom and flourish again. God wants us focused on other people. These are our purposes that we have at Airline Baptist Church to connect people with God and one another. That's evangelism and fellowship. To grow to together in our walk with the Lord. That is discipleship. And here's the purpose. We serve God by serving others. It's been difficult and different during this time of quarantine. Thank God we can get back together. We can get out. We can minister in the community. But we serve God by serving others. And our ultimate purpose in life is to honor God with our life. That's living a life of worship. In fact, when we conclude this series here next week on Choose Joy, we're going to embark on 40 days of life-changing worship. We have Sunday school curriculum, life group curriculum for you to use. There's a daily devotion that's written by our staff and members of our church. The life group lesson will go along with the sermon. And it's all about living a life of worship, honoring God with everything that we've got. Number four, you're listening good today. Write this down. God wants us to find our contentment in him. God wants us to find our contentment in him. Look at verse number 11. Paul says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. Have you been there before? Has it ever been hard for you to pay your bills? I've been there before. Listen, the bottom line is my contentment is in Jesus, not in my paycheck. My contentment is in Christ alone, not the amount of food in my pantry. You can look at me and tell I hadn't missed very many meals. 
You know, you've heard my testimony. We served in, I believe, one of the greatest churches in the Georgia Baptist Convention there. And I was very happy being a student pastor when the Lord told me to get ready for a change and a move. And I argue with the Lord a little bit, but the greatest joy you're ever going to have is being where God wants you to be, doing what God's called you to do. So for me, I knew God was calling us to Northeast Georgia. I knew that beyond any doubt. What I did not know is it would involve a significant pay cut after leaving a, a large church like that. It would involve no insurance, no annuity, things that I had there. But you know what? We never missed a meal. We never lacked joy. We never had contentment. So I went and, and served a church, and you know the story. Then that didn't, didn't end quite as well as I wanted it to, so I did what I had to do to take care of my family. I stocked cookies and crackers for Nabisco brands. I told you I picked up deceased people and took them and preached on the weekends. Can I tell you my joy? Before God, I'm telling you the truth. My joy was not a fact in the least my wife and I did not fret for our next meal we didn't every single bill was paid on paper we should have been bankrupt am I telling the truth on paper we should be bankrupt today but God met every need in fact some folks in this very room today God used you to help meet those needs without us saying a word that's the economy of God so I know what it's like to to have plenty and I know what it's like to have little and as God is my witness none of that affects my joy and my contentment as long as I've got Jesus when I drove over to my wife's office and told her that the other ministry was going to be ending she looked me dead in the eye and said as long as we've got the Lord and each other we're going to be okay well, you know what? She was not 100% accurate because we were more than okay. We are highly, highly blessed as children of the Most High God. It's an amazing statement for Paul to say that considering all that he'd been through. Now, what I've been through is nothing compared to what he's been through. Look at First Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 24. If any of you can say this about yourself, um, I would love to talk to you after the service, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 24. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. That's a whip, cat of nine tails. Three times I was beaten with rods. One time would be enough for me. Once I was stoned, and he's not talking about stoned in the vernacular of these days. He means they threw stones at him and tried to kill him. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I like that alliteration. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. You ever encounter some of those people? I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Does that sound like a guy who faced all of it? He faced everything imaginable, but yet, not only did he have contentment in that Roman jail cell, he wanted the church at Philippi to have that contentment, and he wanted you and I to be confident and content in all the circumstances of life because he understood it's not found in things. It's not found in a paycheck. It's not found in the kind of car you drive or the kind of clothes that you wear. Contentment is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And once he saved you and adopted you into his family, the Bible says nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Hey, the world didn't give me that contentment and the world cannot take it away circumstances they're going to change that's just part of life we trust God on the mountaintop and we trust God in the valley but listen as a child of God I know if on the worst day of my life the best is yet to come when I see Jesus exactly exactly five years ago today on this very day when I was 
Honestly, I had done a little bit of fretting. I'm like, Lord, I'm an evangelist, and the dates aren't coming in. I don't have a lot of places to preach. I don't understand this. You called me to do this. But what God allowed me to be in Panama City Beach, Florida, where my daddy had retired. And on five years ago, this very day, my daddy got the greatest Father's Day present he ever got. When he stepped out of his happy place, Sugar Beach at Panama City Beach, Florida, and into the presence of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. For the Christian, we know the best is yet to come. He'd struggled with heart disease for over 30 years, having a heart attack in his early 40s. But his faith finally became sight. You can't top that Father's Day present. Hope you treat your daddy well. My kids have me. But you can't top getting to see the Heavenly Father on Father's Day. Contentment is knowing nothing separates me from the love of God. Contentment is knowing God allows all things to good, the bad, and the ugly, to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So this is a God-sufficiency and not a self-sufficiency. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul says, I've learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. That's where I got the title from. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little, I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. That is from the message paraphrase. That's a paraphrase of Scripture, but it's a pretty accurate paraphrase right there. Because here's the deal. If you know, look at me, know in your head. If you know Jesus in your head and you know Jesus in your heart, then you'll know contentment. If you do not know Jesus, if there's no Jesus in your life, you're never going to have contentment. Your life's going to be that roller coaster up and down when the paycheck's good, when the bills are paid, when the kids are behaving. Man, you can't have contentment like that. That depends on circumstances. Remember in the beginning of this sermon series, we said happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on Jesus. Amen. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, according to Hebrews. And so look at number five. God wants our confidence to be in Christ. Christ alone. He wants our confidence to be in Christ alone. Verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now we've seen professional athletes who love Jesus like Tim Tebow. I said that for my sister over here. Not that I like the Florida Gators, but I admire any man who stands strong for Jesus like Tim Tebow. When he had that in his eye black, you see athletes do that or put it on their wristbands or people have that verse on their car in different places. I would submit to you that is one of the most, I'm not saying Tim Tebow did, but it's one of the most misquoted out of context verses of scripture that Christians today use. It's not like this is some magic formula, some incantation that whatever I want to do, God's going to work it out because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's think about some context here. Where'd that, where'd, where'd he write this from? I've told you a hundred times. Where did he write this from? He was in jail. It's not some supernatural ability. If I just quote the verse, I got Superman, superhuman powers, or Paul would have busted out of jail. This is a guy that is arrested. He's thrown in jail, but yet he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, whether I'm weak or whether I'm strong, whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, whether I'm in prison or whether I'm set free, whether I'm hungry or I'm well-fed. Philippians 4.13, the new living says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The message paraphrase says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. The contemporary English version says, Christ gives me the strength to face anything. New King James, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that all things has got to be controlled by the context of this passage whether you're in prison or somewhere else God is listen if I died today I'm such a blessed man I can't complain about anything 
We were reminiscing last night over dinner about a mission trip we did to Poland. One of the hardest mission trips I've ever done. We get there, and we're in a community that still lived in the shadows of the Holocaust. They wouldn't look you in the eye. And the missionary said this to a preacher like me, we don't want you to share the gospel openly. I'm thinking, why the heck did I get on that plane and come over here? That's what I do. That's why I do what I do. And he said, we're laying the groundwork. We're building relationships. You know what we did much of that week? We worked in a cemetery restoring Jewish graves that have been destroyed during the Holocaust. That was a tough trip for me, not being able to share the gospel. Now, we've kept a relationship over the years with some of them. But then I, the first mission trip ever did was in Moscow, Russia, right after the Iron Curtain fell. We literally saw thousands come to faith in Jesus Christ. My other home country, Brazil, I've seen, I don't know about thousands, but at least hundreds come to faith in Jesus there. Here's the point. I can be content doing what I'm called to in Poland. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet, right? He didn't see a whole lot of fruit in his ministry. But Jeremiah said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. This is a dude that didn't see people give their life to Jesus. This is a dude that didn't see a lot of fruit. The point is contentment wherever we are, whatever we're doing. If you're in a jail cell, and there's some politicians out there that would like to see me and some of us who preach the full counsel of God put in jail. If you're in a jail cell, you can still have confidence and contentment because of Jesus and Jesus alone. The results are up to God, amen? All I got to do is what the old hymn says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Whatever the consequences are, whatever God calls you to do, wherever he calls you to go, whatever he asks you, whoever asks you to speak to, he is in control of the results. All I got to do is trust him and obey him. Through Christ in 4.13, Philippians 4.13, that could also be accurately translated in Christ. What does in Christ mean? When I see that phrase, I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 that says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what it means to be in Christ, to be saved. Listen, for the devil to touch me, he's got to go through God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So M.C. Hammer had it right when he said, you can't touch this. I don't know if he's talking about his relationship with the Lord, but you can't touch me unless God allows you to. That's how you have confidence and contentment. You must be in Christ. Apart from Christ, no Christ, there is no contentment. There's some happiness, there's some highs in life, there's some good, good times, but it's not the peace and contentment that only comes from a relationship with the God of the universe. Look at your conclusion there, number one. How's your thought life? Uh, hey, I've already I wouldn't want you to see all my thoughts up here on the screen today. When I'm driving in traffic and there are people that are, can I say stupid in church? Well, people that aggravate me, I'll just say, the people aggravate me in the left lane on 985. And see, it's like I ought to know this. I've lived here long enough. I should not let that get to me. But I do. Why? Because I'm a work in progress. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. How's your thought life? You see, every action begins with the thought. You sow enough seeds in your thoughts, you're going to yield actions. That's why we spent the first part of the passage we looked at today talking about our thought life. Number two, are you looking for opportunities to serve others? Or are you waiting on others to come and serve you? Because, see, there's never peace and contentment in just sitting back and waiting for others to serve you. Now, Paul was in jail. His faith blossomed again when Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus easy for you to say, showed up with that love gift 
But he was already content. He was already writing to the church at Philippi about contentment there. He wasn't just looking for opportunities for folks to come and bless him. He was already being used of the Lord even as a prisoner. If he can bless me in 2020 while he's in a jail cell 2,000 years ago, what's my problem? What's your problem? Real joy comes on focusing on other people. Number three, write this down. Do you find your contentment in things, in people, or in Christ? Things come and go. Relationships can come and go. But only Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the source of your contentment. Where's your contentment anchored to? And none of this is possible unless you've got number four right. Are you certain that you are in Christ? Are you certain that you are in Christ? My dad's best friend, and his, who happened to be his pastor, messaged me this morning. He didn't say, but I knew Brother Danny knew. He knew it was five years ago today. And I just replied back, thank you, Brother Danny, for your friendship to my family. Because of that man's influence in my daddy's life, my daddy who was not living for the Lord, my daddy who gave no evidence of being a child of God, I got to see my daddy completely transformed by the gospel. I had two daddies. I had a stepdad at one time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the same daddy, Jimmy Waldrop Dura, two different daddies in one man. Because of the investment of Danny Allen and Tabernacle Baptist Church and Pope City Baptist Church, places you may have never heard of in rural South Georgia, I can have confidence and contentment today. That wasn't the end. When I was there by his side when he took his last breath, that was not the end. I'll see my daddy again. But here's the deal. As much as I love and miss my daddy, he didn't die for my sins. He couldn't save my soul. Only Jesus could provide my salvation. So if your contentment is in your daddy, if your contentment is in your mama, if your contentment, parents, is in your children, now those are all blessings for us, but true contentment can only come from Jesus and Jesus alone. So that's available to whoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, whoever just means whoever. And you can debate that all day if you want to, like some people in our seminaries do. But I just take God at his word. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, whosoever believes in him will not perish, won't die and be separated from God, but will have everlasting life. And with everlasting life comes abundant life on this earth. Because Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. Just prior to that, he says, the devil, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. When my daddy died, was I sad? You doggone right I am. When you love much, you grieve much. But it didn't affect my joy because I knew where my daddy was. Man, he thought he was in heaven on Panama City Beach when he got to retire there. No, that's nothing compared to what he's seeing today in Christ. Because daddy was in Christ and because I'm in Christ we don't say goodbye, we just say, see you later. And I know for some of you, this is your first Father's Day without a dad. I get, I get that. I've been there, done that. Mine happened to be on Father's Day. But when we are in Christ, the grief is real and the grief is intense. But just try to focus on what your parents are with the Lord now. Or your loved ones, whoever they may be with the Lord. What are they experiencing right now? Man, that'll give you joy. That'll give you peace and contentment when you know that you're going to be there with them one day. Would you pray with me, church? I know we talked about a lot of stuff today, our thought life, ministering to others, and all those things. But the most important thing we talked about today was being in Christ. Because I can only do all things in Christ who gives me strength. It's all about Him. We are just, we're just... 
part of the grand story of life that's not really about us. We're just human instruments that God chooses to use to pour his blessings through us. Listen, if you take in all the blessings and you never pour out like the, like the dead sea, it's dead because it doesn't give out. You'll wither up and be dead and miserable. You'll never have contentment. You'll never have confidence to face the difficulties of this life. If you've never, ever been found in Christ, you've never said, Lord, I know you're perfect and I'm not. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Otherwise, the curse of sin would be passed on through an earthly father. Happy Father's Day. If you're a dad, guess what? You passed on the curse of sin to your children just like I did. That's why Jesus could not have an earthly father he was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life for 33 years. They nailed him to an old rugged cross. They laid him in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, he came back to life, and he is alive and well today. And he wants you to be found in Christ. He wants you to have that contentment and confidence that only he can give. Do you have that this morning? If you're unsure of your relationship with the Lord, Scripture is very clear. It's so simple that even young kids can comprehend and understand that. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin, the price tag, I deserve to die and be separated from God forever. But the gift, the free gift of God is everlasting eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you've never been saved or you're just not sure about that, you just pray from your heart to the heart of the Father. Lord, I know I'm not perfect. I know that I've sinned. Listen, if your preacher can stand before you and tell you, I wouldn't want all my thoughts on the screen. Can't you admit to the Lord you're a sinner too? Because we're all in the same boat. We're all alike in that. We all struggle with imperfection, which is a nice way of saying sin. Say, Lord, I know I've sinned. Ask him to forgive you. Because Jesus died on that old rugged cross, he paid the price for our sins once and for all. You really believe that? Let the Lord know you believe that. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to take control, to be the boss of your life. Listen, you don't have to understand everything about scripture you just got to know that you're a sinner that jesus is god he died for you and he resurrected himself by his own power and then god will grow you and disciple you after you become in christ ask him to save you today if you've never been saved if you just prayed that prayer or something like that whether you're here in person or watching on the web thank the Lord for saving your soul because when you're in Christ nothing will ever separate you Romans 8 from his love heads are bowed and eyes are closed is there anybody in this place that would say preacher I just did that for the very first time I just asked the Lord to save me listen we're social distancing we're spread out all across this building but would you just wave at me the Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice this preacher just wants to rejoice with you. I just did that. I just asked the Lord to save me. You just wave at me or throw something at me or stand up and shout hallelujah if you just ask the Lord to save you. If you're watching us today through our webpage or Facebook Live, we want to rejoice with the angels. If you'll message us, you can message us privately or right there on that screen. We'd love to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. We'd love to send you some literature, a copy of God's Word to help you get started right. How many of you say, Preacher, I know I'm a Christian. I know I'm going to heaven. But I just got to be honest. I've let the circumstances of life kind of hinder and rob my contentment and my peace. If that's you, why don't you just admit that to the Lord right now? Because here's the deal. He knows it anyhow. There's so much about God I don't understand. 
Like he wants us to pray. He loves to hear his children talk to him, but you can't tell him nothing's going to shock him. He already knows it anyhow. So if you're struggling with your contentment and your confidence, confess that to the Lord right now. If it's a matter of sin, if you've allowed some sin to creep into your life, ask him to forgive you. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you need some help in recommitting your life to the Lordship of Christ, our staff will be available afterwards. Pastor Andrew will be right over here in our next step station. We won't be in any hurry to leave today. If you have a spiritual decision you need to make, we want to help you with that. Father, you've heard our hearts. You've heard our prayers. Now help us to put feet to our prayers and to honor you because you're worthy. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, we're still struggling with the whole COVID and social distancing. I get that. But they're just going to sing a little bit. You want to come to this altar and pray privately with a family member? We invite you to stand and come and do that. If everything's okay with you and the Lord, you just sing or you pray. But we just want to give you some time to respond to the Spirit of the Lord. We stand together. You come and pray if you need to. Yeah. 
teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, when I cannot stand, I fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. When I cannot stand, I fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every sing at church. struck me as the pastor was was talking and we talk about being content and you know there's a lot of non-contentment here in the world today I think that goes right back to fatherhood and lack of fatherhood we have a true lack of fatherhood pandemic in America and you know this is one thing I read this week and it's something that spoke to me it said that God is not a reflection of your earthly father but he is the perfection of your earthly father so I don't know where this finds you today whether you've have a great dad like I do, or, or maybe your father has, has gone on, or, or maybe, I mean, you, you didn't really know your dad. Maybe he never was in your life. Just remember, we have, an earth, uh, we have a heavenly father who is sitting there who, who wants a relationship with you. So just let that speak to you. But listen, it was such a, a great time seeing everyone today on this Father's Day. We were excited you're here. If you're a first-time guest, you can go meet with the pastor and his wife back in our Pastors Connect area back there and if you're a father today and you didn't get one of these blue texas roadhouse uh gift certificates you can get one of those i think joe and, and, and kenny and 
uh, a few others have those. So if you don't don't have one, see them after. I know I want to be a father today because so, I love Texas Roadhouse, and I want to be a guest too, so I can get a free gift back there. But I'm not. But but anyway, listen. Good. I love Texas Roadhouse. I really I I love me. Isn't that right? Yeah. My wife is looking away. But anyway, we're, 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 again, go go get that. We're again honored to have you join us on Father's Day. So so now I think uh, Pastor Andrew is over there in our next steps. If you want to learn more about Airline Baptist Church or you want to talk more about becoming a Christian, you can meet with Pastor Andrew back there. And in fact, he wanted me to remind everyone too, if you're a parent of one of the students here that is going to camp, go see him. He needs a final number if your student is going to camp. So you can go talk with him, get the medical release form, and he can share a few more information. I know he sent home info with your student on Wednesday night. I was there, but I was a student once, and I know sometimes when the information goes to me, it did not make it back to my mother. So if you're a parent saying, what is camp? I don't have any information. Pastor Andrew can go help you out with that. But we're, oh, Jake wanted to share something. All right, Jake, we'll come on and, and just share something, and then uh, we'll, we'll close. Okay. Right. Hey, guys. Um, my name's Jake Stevens, and uh, I've been going here so I got out of prison in 2017, and uh, God changed my life, and and the um, I just give it all to Him, and so I've been involved here, my wife as well, Elise, um, and our kids and stuff. So, but I'm really nervous right now because I don't know. Um, here's the deal: uh, when I got out of prison, man, I just continued to stay in the Word. And I continue to grow, and and during this time where I'm not working right now, uh, God has spoke to me, um, and He is continuing to speak to me. Uh, I'm being called to preach, and I know without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't know what uh, what that looks like. I don't know where to go next, but. When I started speaking to people, uh, got involved in the radio stuff, I fell flat on my face, and I backslid, and I backslid, and God was so, man, he's still with me. He was still there, and um, he is, there's no doubt in my mind that he's called me to preach his gospel, and I don't know how that looks, when that'll be, but um, I just wanted to share that with you guys, and I just hope that you guys can pray for me because without him, y'all, I'm just a drug addict. And I've forsaken everything and I've hurt people and I've destroyed relationships and I've stole from my family. But God has set me free. And I'm just so thankful for all that he's done for me and, and for giving me a church family like Airline Baptist. And I love y'all. You're going to stay right here. You're going to stay right here. I'm going to pray for you. Listen, as, as we go out today, we have connect cards in your bulletin. You can fill that out. Of course, taking up our offering at the end, our offering so we can help send students to camp and, uh, you know, keep working and doing the ministry on this hill so we can, we, can, we can give online as well and we can do all that so we can keep, keep doing the Lord's work. I mean, amen. So, so let's pray. Rick, I'm going to pray for my brother. I'm touching him right now. I hope that's okay. Is that good? All right. Let's, let's pray, everybody. You'll be dismissed. Dear God, we're, we're, we're grateful that you are a good, good father. God, you are the perfection of what a father should be. God, because in this sinful world, 
God, this, 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 this world that, that we've created because we wanted to live by what we wanted to do, God, that's so apart from what you desire for us. God, you're still open, willing, and calling us to a calling that's greater than anything we could ever think of for ourselves, God, and we rejoice in that fact. I rejoice today with my, my brother Jake. God, I know he's been a blessing to me because I remember when, when you called me into the ministry and I came here and I was working and I was serving and then you sent Jake along, God, and that was such a blessing to me. And now to see him, Father, listen and, and, and heed and, and be obedient to your calling, God, I, I've seen him work. I know God, that, that, that he can do great things, not by his own strength, because his strength is nothing compared to yours. But through your strength, he can do anything you call him to. Be with each and every person in this room. God, let them go out today and have an impact in the community for you. And it's in your name that we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Amen. We'll see you next week, okay?